0: When I walked in for my interview for my first cook job my senior year of college, I had zero kitchen experience. I was wearing a flowy sundress, my hair was down, and I'm pretty sure I was wearing makeup, which I don't do very often. I walked in and said I was there for an interview for a kitchen position. It's been so long now, I don't remember all the details, but a couple stand out. I do remember the chef asking me about my knife skills. He asked me if I was a paring knife girl. I didn't really know what that meant, but my only answer was, well... I've never cut myself. He saw on my resume I worked on a farm, and he told me, farming is hard work. If you can do that, you can cook. The last thing I remember him telling me was, you're gonna be the only girl. The kitchen is a rough place, and you have to have tough skin. Being who I am, I took that as a challenge. I'm not like other girls. Episode 2, Oddity. This is Copper and Heat, a podcast exploring the unspoken rules and traditions of the kitchen. I'm Katie Osuna. You're listening to Be a Girl, our first season, all about women in fine dining kitchens. In this episode, I talk with my friends and coworkers about what it's like to be singled out in a kitchen. If this is your first time listening, we recommend going back to episode 1, Brigade, and starting from there. Just a heads up, there's definitely going to be some cursing, and we're going to talk about topics that might not be safe for work. Sorry, but that's just the way kitchens are. So many times I've walked into a kitchen and immediately been pegged as the odd one out. Just because I'm a girl. Whether people realize they're doing it or not, it happens.
1: There's only ever one. I swear to God, there's only ever one in the kitchen, and I, I I don't I don't necessarily understand why. Other than there's plenty of plenty of chefs in the industry who, yeah, they, they will like weed women out.
0: While I was working at Manresa, a three Michelin star restaurant in California, we celebrated the 15 year anniversary with a trip to France to do some pop up dinners at some of the nicest restaurants around the country. Our first stop in Paris had a kitchen full of dudes, all dudes, in their early to mid 20s. And as soon as I walked into the kitchen, I felt it. It didn't help that I had this conversation with the cooks about, wow, it's super cool. You're a girl on the savory side, which at first sounds complimentary, right? Then they continue to say, girls never last here. I don't don't think think it's it's because they they can't. can't. I think think it's it's just because they don't want to. In my head, I'm thinking, no shit. I've been in this kitchen for two days and been constantly hit on. It's really hard to do your job when all the dudes around you aren't taking you seriously, including the chefs. As we were introduced to one of the top chefs in the country, super famous with a Michelin three star restaurant in Paris, he shook hands all around. Nice Thanks to meet you. you, nice to meet sh- you, nice, sh- to, meet nice you. to meet you, he says to all of my male co workers. He gets to me, shakes my hand, and says, Kati? Ooh la! and continues around the circle.
1: Oh yeah, I remember that moment.
0: That's my friend Christopher. He was there too.
1: I'm standing there like, this guy is a three-star chef, like, fuck you, like, don't talk to her like that.
0: I just remember laughing out loud from complete shock and turning to my friend Nick. When Nick saw the look on my face, he was just like, you want me to beat him up for you? I had to laugh at that. I mean, what else can you do? But on the inside, I was pissed. I was really insulted. Awesome. Great to know that that's all I am to people. And then dudes wonder why women have to work so hard to be taken seriously in the kitchen.
2: So kitchens are mostly men, right? And you get like one single woman in the kitchen and it's like fucking open season. A girl walks
3: into a kitchen. What's going through every guy cook's head? Let's be completely honest here. Are you looking at them being like, I wonder if they're a good cook? No, you're definitely not wondering that. You're definitely thinking about other things.
0: So as a woman trying to gain respect in a kitchen, what do you do? I talked to some of the women I worked with about it. If you can't beat them, join them. This is Caitlin. My name is Caitlin. I'm currently an executive pastry
4: chef. (laughs) So you become one of the guys, you know. It's like, do I say something and get fired or... This is Kaya. I'm Kaya Fuller. I am co-owner and chef of Far Out Catering. I mean, there's times where you have to, like, turn it off. Like, you have to turn your emotions off in that that sense, but it's a job. <laughs> so it's like, all right, you got to just do what you got to do. I mean, I think that sometimes... This is Courtney. I'm Courtney. Uh, I work at Manresa Pastry Department. Women can probably feel like the mom of, like, all of these little boys running around. And, like, I've definitely,
0: like, felt that. And I think that people kind of relied on that. When I was in high school and doing as lots of high school girls do, trying to get guys' attention, my goal was to not be like other girls. My strategy was to basically be one of them. Hey, it seems like most girls don't like vulgar cartoons and I like South Park. I like playing PlayStation. I like those Dragon Ball Z cartoons with the big, muscly guys beating each other up. Guys don't like girly girls. That first kitchen job I got was a learning experience. I realized I was in a job where girls basically weren't allowed. It is a club, exactly. <laughs> All boys club. Girls not allowed, girls have cooties. But I wasn't like other girls. I could hang with the guys. I was inducted into the Line Cook Brotherhood, as they told me, because I had survived four busy Friday nights and ran a Wednesday night service on the line solo. I hung out with the guys after work, going out drinking downtown. One night I met a cook, a friend of a co-worker from another restaurant. When my coworker, Joe, introduced me as a line cook, his friend was shocked. Wait, you're Mm -hmm. a line cook? That's hot. My high school theory was proven correct. I'm not like other girls and am therefore more attractive. But wait a second. That's fucked up. Is it bad to be a girl? Hell
5: no, it's not a bad thing to be a girl.
0: This is Edelyn. My name is
5: Edelyn Garcia. I'm currently the executive sous chef at the Village Pub in Woodside, California. Yeah, you're not like other girls. Yeah, I've gotten that a lot. I think I've noticed for like early on that, quote unquote, I'm not like other girls, whatever the hell that means. Do I feel like I've had to make myself more masculine in the kitchen? In a sense, yes. But I feel like I've always just been a tomboy and not, like, as sensitive as other girls. they would always think that, I like, I was tough. But honestly, I feel like I've had to make myself that way working in the kitchen.
0: Here's the thing. I'm not saying girls are this way and boys are that way and that's the way it is. I'm saying that, historically, there are things that are considered masculine, being assertive, independent, strong tough. And there are things that are considered feminine, being sensitive, empathetic, compassionate, soft.
2: When you hear like chefs talk about, oh, why do you like having women in the kitchen? I really like the feminine touch.
0: Here's Koji. He was my sous chef at my last job.
2: What the fuck does that mean? You like that I'm dainty? Like people are so hooked on what it means to be a man. Like Gender roles and like the way that people are supposed to be, like men are strong, women are soft, right? It's so limiting.
0: And these ideas have historically been used to push women and men into certain boxes. They help to define gender roles, which still affects how we think about things today, whether or not we realize it or acknowledge it. It's a subconscious thing. Even the language we use helps to solidify those stereotypes.
5: Stop being a little girl. Being a bitch.
0: Or being such a woman. Pussy. That sensitive girl. In traditional gender roles, to be a man, you have to be masculine. To be a woman, you have to be feminine. But what happens when a man is feminine and a woman is masculine? Or when someone doesn't identify as either a man or a woman? The lines of these boxes are starting to crack a little bit, but there's still a long way to go. Absolutely women can work in a kitchen But we have this weird Goldilocks game to play We can't be too masculine
2: Men can be assholes in the kitchen, right? Like, no one says anything A woman says something, she's a fucking bitch Why is she so bitchy? Are you on your period? People don't say that, but like That's what people think, like,
0: what's wrong with her? but not too feminine.
3: How many times are you called a pussy or something for being upset in the corner, you know, like get your shit together, get back on the line and stop being a little girl about it.
0: We're somehow stuck in the middle and we have to walk this fine line. It's hard, but like Edelyn, girls can be tomboys. But what about a boy who doesn't necessarily fit into that box?
1: I'm not the most quote-unquote masculine person.
0: This is my brother Dylan. I went to a family reunion this year. It was the first time in a while all four of us, my parents, my brother, and I were together. I wanted to take the opportunity to ask them some questions. I wanted to know if, when they were raising us, my parents consciously thought about gender. I also wanted to know what my brother thought about the pressures of masculinity growing up. When they talked about me, they said these things, maybe more masculine qualities, as if they were a good thing. But also emphasizing my feminine qualities. You... Are strong.
1: So you're a little more adventurous, I would say. So a little more open to risk and impulse.
0: You are competitive, but not so competitive that you want to hurt people's feelings. And you're independent. When they talked about my brother, they talked about how they loved his feminine qualities. I love that he was sensitive, kind, thoughtful.
1: He seems to be a little less impulsive, probably, a little. A little more risk-averse or at least, you know, a little more measured in the way he approaches things.
0: Dylan was always sensitive, and and I've always loved that about him.
1: If anything, I probably fell short with Dylan. I wasn't necessarily around a lot to, I guess I didn't do manly man things.
0: I wanted to encourage that in him. And when I encouraged that in him, I hoped that wasn't a bad thing that I was encouraging. They both expressed concern. Was it bad not to do boy things with Dylan?
1: Even just in middle school, the culture that was in my class, all the guys were just like really shitty to each other, and it was always like this weird, it's like in sixth, seventh grade that like there shouldn't be that kind of alpha mentality. It just doesn't make any sense. For a long time, I, I like avoided that, even out know, with, you know, my buddy Lee, and then like some of the girls were, so we just didn't want to even, I think we just didn't like that. But I think it's still rubbed off because, it, you know, probably in some ways because of like them being the cool kids or whatever, so it's like you, you know. You hear them cussing and it working or being fine until you just start to as well.
0: Dylan and I, and so many other cooks, were drawn to the same thing in the kitchen. The culture. There was something appealing about fitting into this badass, tough culture. About denying that part of us and entering this other world pretending like we were less sensitive and appear more masculine than we actually were. It was, for me, a job where I was not like other girls. And just like when I was fully accepted into the Line Cook Brotherhood back in college, every cook has that moment when they feel like they belong.
1: Cooking, I think that getting that stressed and being able to get through it makes you feel strong, makes you feel powerful to know that most people would have cracked under the pressure and would have broken under it. You do feel like part of a family of sorts where you all like, get all get crazy busy you're all going through it together but you're all getting pissed at each other and everybody's just going nuts and afterward it's just like you go to the bar get super drunk together and get over it entirely and just have a good time because you all are in the same boat everybody else has just went through the same thing you did and you feel like nobody else can understand what you guys just went through and very few other people can so I think there's a camaraderie that comes with that knowing that you guys all got through that together
0: You can go anywhere in the country or in the world and immediately find your people. All you have to do is prove you belong there. And this is what draws so many cooks to the industry as well. The camaraderie.
6: Yeah, it's definitely like a club.
0: This is my friend Dan. We worked together at Manresa.
6: I I don't feel comfortable around those people even. Like, you're not one of me. It's it's like hard to relate. I mean, there's definitely normal people who I do relate to, but it's just like... I can relate with someone who cooks much quicker than I can relate with
3: someone who doesn't. I'm an only child and to me, the family aspect of it.
0: Here's Fred, another one of my coworkers from Manresa.
3: Where you go in and you're surrounded by all these strangers that you've never met before. And all of a sudden they're your family, they're your team for the night. And that was something that really like captured me especially as a kid, when you need a first job and you get to just experience that right off the bat, you know, like it's addicting. Every single aspect of the kitchen, you just fall in love with.
0: As I went further down this rabbit hole, I felt like I'd fallen into a trap. The more I was figuring out my place in the world as a woman, the more uncomfortable I was feeling about my place in the kitchen. Not necessarily because I felt like I was in danger or anything, just because I felt like the only way I could be taken seriously was to become one of the guys. But even that's a fine line and a constant struggle. Because just the fact that I am a woman sets me apart as different.
2: When there's, like, a woman in the vicinity and you're, like, making a dirty joke, you're like, ooh, I shouldn't have said that in front of her.
0: Here's Koji again.
2: Like, when you were in the kitchen, I think it was, like, something about, like, vagina or something. Or, like, erection or something. And you were like, I have never heard of erection! Like, it's like, you're not, like hurting someone's sensibilities by saying like, that's what she said or whatever. But I definitely think that like, there's like jokes and then there's jokes at someone's expense.
0: That's the big difference for me. I have zero problem with dirty jokes. What I have a problem with is being objectified and demeaned because of my gender. I have a problem with not being taken seriously and having to fight twice as hard for respect. And I have a problem when I see that happening to other people. As I talked with others who work in the industry, I realized I'm not alone. I feel guilty because I think a lot of
4: women have started to almost perpetuate the problem. This is Caitlin. You laugh at the stuff that probably is like really inappropriate as a female to be laughing about. You are in on the sexist jokes I think all of us like kind of step back and in the moment you're like this shouldn't be okay but you're kind of like well it's either that or I get pitted against twice as hard because like oh you're being such a girl about it you're being such a woman. I can tell you 20 things that happen in a day that is totally not freaking okay but at the same time I can tell you 25 times in that same day that I also didn't necessarily say something. They're going to kind of look you and like, okay, am I getting too wild over here? No, you're okay? Okay. And then we'll like just keep going. This is Courtney again. Like I could see that as being like deterring. Like maybe I don't want to be, I don't want to have to sit here and listen to it. And I don't want to have to say something about it. It puts responsibility on someone else, you know oh, yeah, there's a girl in the kitchen. Like, I should probably watch what I say. It's like... This is Kaya again. Like, they apologize, but it's not, like, really an apology. It's probably more of, like, an acknowledgement. Like, yes, I see that you notice, and I'm embarrassed for it, but I'm still gonna say whatever I want type of thing.
0: So it's it's, I don't know, it's like a weird backwards apology, I guess. That's the struggle. But it's seen as our struggle as women in the industry. We made the conscious choice to be in kitchens. If we don't like the jokes and the banter, we don't have to be there. It's not up to the guys to change what they're saying. It's the whole boys will be boys thing. Because when I ask my guy co-workers about it, they see it as just inevitable.
1: Yeah, yeah, one of my first chefs, it, it was all cooks in this world have two things in common. They're all pyros and perverts. Because that, like, because as a cook, it's lots of... Dirty jokes, you know, and perversion or whatever like all like mostly all in jest and in good fun This part isn't inherent, but it is just what it is Dudes grabbing each other's asses
3: in the kitchen like, you know, you're walking by your best friend and you're like grabbing it And you're like, oh, I love that, you know, you're joking around with him and everything like that, but it's like Is that okay? Because you can't do that with your female worker, you know, you're not going to go do that to her. Even if she's your girlfriend, even if she's your best friend, like you're not going to do that because it's disrespectful. So why are you doing that at all? And then the whole topic, well, oh, that you know, I'm not going to change who I am for this girl to feel comfortable and everything. It's like, why?
0: Why? That's my big question. Why is the burden on women to change? The solution becomes either put up with it or leave guys aren't going to change the things they say. They'll apologize for it, acknowledge the fact that it might offend you, but they're not going to stop saying it. Nor are they even going to try and understand why it offends in the first place. The burden then falls on women. When I started thinking about this podcast, and this season in particular, I had a lot of conversations with Ricardo, my husband, about how to approach people about it, my guy friends specifically. I would put together these descriptions or pitches that I would tell the guys to get them to want to participate. Here's one of the first conversations Ricardo and I had. Are you going to keep recording me through this whole thing?
7: Yeah, of course. I'm noticing that the making of this and kind of like the internal conflict that you have, like with this description, is an interesting story in and of itself. So I want to get tape on it.
0: Okay. I think I'm going to take out the the sentence it's not an expose of how sexist the industry is because it's not an expose but I am trying to like start the conversation about how the industry is like systematically sexist not that they're sexist.
7: Right.
0: So I can't really say the industry isn't sexist because that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they might not individually like think less of me but they have certain ideas blah 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 blah.
7: I do think that it's kind of a show about why you just spent three quarters of that description apologizing to men. or just It is ridiculous what doing. that
0: I can't just, like, I have to think so much about, like, okay, I'm going to say it this way so that they don't get offended and, like, shut down and not talk to me. Because otherwise I could just say I'm working on a podcast about the culture of restaurant kitchens. The first miniseries is about women in kitchens. And why the system is sexist I could just say that <laughs> I might be able to just say that I just don't think that I can It's like I have to say it The right way of being like polite And be like guys I, You could do better <laughs> Like without saying it like that
7: Yeah but you're you like you're thinking about how It's going to come across that way to them
0: mm-hmm. Right Yeah
7: I think, like at the end of the day, you you need to be a little bit confrontational with the description of it, because that's where the interesting conversations are going to happen. Yeah. Right.
0: I'm one of the least confrontational people on the planet. My whole goal in life is to make people happy. I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. But that's not how this works. When I started hearing all the Me Too stories and reading more about what other women in the industry were thinking and feeling, I realized how much of a burden these feelings are. Fortunately, I did get to talk to my guy friends about it. And most of them do think about these things. And they were willing to hear me out, and we had some great conversations. This is my friend Dan. We worked together at Manresa.
6: Would you feel more comfortable if we came up to you and said dirty jokes? <laughs> right? Like, is that what you want? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know? I don't like it, it probably shouldn't be s- said in the first place. You're not wrong about that. But, it, like, it's inevitable that it's going to be said, unfortunately. Do you want to hear it or do you not?
0: But, like, but then it's automatically, like, okay, so then I know that
6: I'm the odd man out. Mm, yeah, because you're, like, that one person. Yeah,
0: I'm, like, that. the one that's not included in anything because mm. <laughs> I'm a girl. <laughs> but, like, I also don't want to hear it. So it's, like... Dirty jokes, whether or not they're like really off color or not, it's like as soon as somebody says something, it's like, well you just don't get it, we're just joking. And then that's a whole other layer. It's hard when you're a girl, because you go into the kitchen and like that is automatically what you assume every guy is thinking. And then they're like making dirty jokes. And then you Mm -hmm. don't want to say anything because you're like, I don't want to be pegged as like that one bitch that (laughs) can't deal with it. Right. but you also don't want to, like, not yeah. say anything. And so
6: it's like, is that something that... I mean, is it something that I think about? Yeah. I, I, I understand that, uh, like, you don't want to be pegged as that bitch. <laughs> that feminist bitch, rather. Yeah, and I try not to be pegged people as that feminist bitch, but it does happen, like, subconsciously. It just, like, then' you're making me feel so bad about it, because it happens, but it—oh, God.
5: <laughs> it's better to talk about it than to just ignore it. Oh,
3: God, God. <laughs> I hate this part. <laughs> it's the men that have forced the, that culture to happen, you know what I mean? And it's really demoralizing, I think, for women, and even for men, if you really think about it, you know? it's already intimidating enough coming into a new kitchen and trying to fit in and trying to understand what people want and trying to make sure that everybody's happy with your performance. And so to not only worry about how you're doing in the kitchen, but then also about who you are as an individual is something that shouldn't be tolerated, you know? We should be accepting of who anybody is. And so, damn, am I? Am I a reason of that, you know? And...
0: think you
3: are? (sighs) I mean, I want to say no, you know, like I really want to tell myself no, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and tell everybody that I'm perfect because I'm not.
0: It's really hard to have these conversations. Everyone is uncomfortable. Some people more than others. Because
5: a lot of times women do feel powerless in the kitchen. They really do. This is Edelene again. Um, And it's because... You know, when you're outnumbered, that's just how you're gonna feel. I think that's a problem with white supremacists. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm just saying though, you know, like they say that they wanna they want to uh, protect their culture. I'm like who is taking it away from you? You know, I'm sorry, we that totally went off topic. I just like thought that Oh my goodness.
0: That's the thing about equality is like when, when you've been, you've had so much power and freedom because you've been like oppressing this other group, in order for them to become equal, you're going to have to give up some of your freedom.
5: Yes, you hear that, guys? <laughs> <laughs> like you're
0: gonna... stuff's going to be, th- a little bit of power is going to be <laughs> taken away from you, but like it's <laughs> something that I feel like people need. Talk about because obviously, like, as a white woman, I've had a lot more privilege than people.
5: See, that's what I want to ask you though. Like, there's some people who say that white privilege doesn't exist. There's no such thing as white privilege.
0: It was my turn to be uncomfortable, but ultimately, a really important feeling for me to have because as a white woman, I do have it easier than women of color. And unless the people who have that privilege are willing to accept that it exists, nothing's going to improve.
5: You didn't choose to be white. <laughs> I didn't choose to be brown. We didn't choose to be girls. But I think the more that we acknowledge that we do have it, like people of color have it harder than I mean a white person, uh the the more we will be, um the, the more that we won't be discouraged to to, you know, go out and and reach our reach our goals, make our dreams our reality. Just being a minority. Being a minority in the kitchen, but I mean just being a minority in America um, is something that I feel like I've had to deal with and kind of overcome growing up. Um, We've struggled a lot and I feel like working in the kitchen you struggle a lot, (laughs) but you always make it out.
0: episode of copper and heat we're going to talk more about taking the heat and the kind of strength it takes to make it in the kitchen and why more and more people are choosing to get out be a girl the first season of copper and heat is produced by me katie osuna and ricardo osuna a special thanks to rachel palmer and clancy magnuson for editing help check out our website copperandheat.com for more information about today's episode Do you have a story about working in the industry? Something you want us to explore more? We'd love to hear from you. Send them to hello at copperandheat.com or call 208-718-2719. Don't forget to subscribe to us and leave us a review. It helps us a lot. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your cat. We could use all the help spreading the word. All the music you hear is produced by us under the name Gamma Gardens. Check out other tracks on Instagram and SoundCloud. And finally, thanks to all of you for listening.